three. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a 4th of July edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. You can also catch us online at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L central.com, keyword skewed. As you see, our game reviews in a network of 12 newspapers in 21 markets. Uh, follow that up each week. I'm on BJ Shea's Geek Nation, which is an intercom station on KSWFM. And uh, we do a segment uh, where we again cover movies, games, pop culture, travel, entertainment, conventions. And um, we also have our quarterly magazine, Skewed and Review the Magazine, and we just put out the latest issue a couple weeks ago. We have um, sci-fi radio, lots of syndication, so a lot of stuff. I'm joined as always with uh, Justin and Michael. And uh, as I said, this week is a little bit different. We are uh, looking at the 4th of July, so we're not a, uh, not a ton of news last week. We're expecting kind of a quiet week because I think uh, obviously everyone's going to be off tomorrow for the 4th of July. And I think a lot of people may not be coming back to the office or too active on the 5th. So we expect kind of a busy day. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, possibly Friday, and then the week after to be extremely busy because that is leading into San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, that will be back on the uh, 20th of July through the 24th. And uh, we'll be there for preview night and covering the events, doing the interviews and that sort of thing. And we haven't had the full wave of interview requests and such come in just yet. But we are getting some news as to some of the things that will be taking part. So first off, uh, we're going to have a look at some of these and discuss them and we can kind of uh, go from there as uh, we get closer to the show. The first thing that uh, popped out for me is that Apple TV is going to be making their San Diego Comic-Con debut and they are going to be bringing popular shows such as Severance for All Mankind, C invasion foundation and mythic quest including several of the stars from the show and so like for example severance is going to have ben stiller there uh for all mankind is going to have ron moore there and several members of the cast uh rob mclaney from it's always sunny in philly is going to be there for mythic quest and uh so on and so forth so why don't we start off with uh michael what do you make of this yeah, so we've talked about um, how these streaming services are having to step up big um, to really kind of keep the momentum going. And I think Apple TV started off huge, and I think it's starting to see other players starting to, to pick up steam. We talked about Paramount Plus um, being, you know, starting to really get some um, recognition with the shows. HBO Max obviously continues to, to deliver. Um, Apple TV, again, has some amazing shows, and I think that it's important that they kind of reach out and, and uh, interact with their, their crowds, interact with their fans and that sort of thing. So I think SDCC is a perfect opportunity for them to do that. Uh, you know, I, I, I would think, again, because of this, the, the streaming wars that we're kind of in right now, I think it's important for them to kind of highlight what they have. And I think SDCC is a perfect opportunity for them to do so. Um, so I actually would have been more surprised if they hadn't announced that they were going to be there. Um, again, I don't. They they kind of have a, a mixed mixed bag of things like a lot of the streaming services. 
uh, maybe not as focused on the comic book crowd as some of the others are, um, but I think they're kind of they're kind of working uh, to to kind of drive some of that business and maybe get some uh, interesting announcement announcements out there. Maybe they're going to announce some partnerships with some of the uh, the comic crowd out there. Uh, maybe they're going to announce some shows that are going to be upcoming that are going to be more specific towards um, the SCCC crowd overall. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what they announce. I mean, obviously we're we're aware of what they're what they're they're going to be talking about with their existing shows, but I'll be really curious if they've got some huge announcement that they're going to uh, present at uh, SDCC that will kind of be a big hit for them uh, amongst this particular uh, fan base. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what they're bringing. And Justin, your take, please. Yeah, you know, I think Michael brings up a really good point that uh, that I didn't, you know, really think about earlier, but uh, the, the thought that comes to my mind is, you know, we talked a lot about how a lot of these other companies have their own events, and they kind of uh, err on the side of using their own events in term to to announce big things. So Disney obviously has multiple events throughout the year, and I, their biggest stuff was probably announced at you know the D twenty three Expo or uh, um, uh, Star Wars Celebration. Um, you know, and all the Amazon, like everybody kind of has their own kind of events that they kind of um, announce their biggest stuff at, uh, which kind of leaves a vacuum for things like San Diego Comic-Con. There are large companies that have things in the works that they can kind of utilize uh, SDCC as, as the uh, as the, the launching point for their, for their project. So Apple, uh, I think that's a good point. Apple will probably use SDCC. Amazon will probably use SDCC. And we might see some big announcements from both of them. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I think what I'm finding really interesting is that we know that Prime Video is going to be there. We know that, um, uh, excuse me, we know that obviously uh, Apple is going to be there. You can bet uh, Netflix is very likely going to be there because we already know that we're going to get something on, um, you know, from. Their, their competition. We know that uh, Warner Brothers is going to be there uh, promoting uh, some of their new series. So that's essentially HBO Max, and we'll, we'll discuss that in a bit. And what I'm really interested in is, um, you know, how the the streaming services and the theatrical releases uh, will play out. And I don't mean, um, you know, will one dominate the other? There's been there's room for everything. You have these old guards who people who complain about, oh, I remember back in the day when Comic-Con was just about comics. And, you know, the thing is, they've adapted. It's a pop culture convention. It is adapted to meet the needs of the public. And that's why we have television. That's why we have video games. That's why we have movies. And that's why I think they've also uh, adapted to streaming. I mean, it, if it's a form of entertainment that fits in that genre, uh, they need, you know, they need to bring it in. And it... I, you know, I look at it and say it's a fantastic thing to see studios coming back. And what I'm, I'm curious about is, you know, where the breakdown is going to be. Like, for example, we talked about Warner Brothers. And no shocker, they're going to be there pushing the HBO series House of the Dragon. That, that um, you know, pretty much goes without saying. They're going to be there pushing the Sandman. Again, kind of goes without saying. Riverdale, uh they're going to talk about um, 
the Gotham Knights video game is going to be there. Multiverses, another video game is going to be there. But you're also going to get stuff about Gremlin's Secret of the Month, like the animated uh, thing. You're going to get some stuff from Sesame Street. You're going to get stuff from AEW Wrestling, uh, stuff from Harley Quinn, Green Lantern, Beware My Power. So you're seeing a mix between something for the kids, something for the cable services, something for the sci-fi services, something for streaming, and something for the home video market, which of course, as we know now, also includes a pay-per-view and a streaming aspect. So what I'm curious about with that in mind is what do you think is going to happen in terms of, uh, we've talked about you know Marvel is going to be there. We know Marvel will again have the D23 Expo in September. Uh, there's been a discussion, you know, we've talked about that quite a bit and we don't need to go into it right now. Um, let's look at some of the things and maybe play a little bit of a game as to what we think we might uh, see in the weeks ahead. So, like, for example, um, I'll kick off. I think I would be shocked if we don't see something from Hulu promoting the upcoming Predator movie. I think uh, it may not be a, a panel or, or an activation, uh, say, but a pop-up or something writing around the convention center. I think that's probably... Uh, a likely thing. I mean, the Umbrella Academy and Stranger Things just ended, so who knows about that. But I do think Predator is a, an example. I'm curious about, um, you know, which other studios will be coming in, what they're going to be doing. Um, we've had some years in the past where Activision has shown up to promote aspects of the Call of Duty game. I'm wondering if they're going to be there. So, Justin, you take this shot. What do you think we might hear from uh, in the next couple of weeks. I think that's a good guess. I think the, the Predator um, marketing, I think uh, you make a good case that uh, it would be a good opportunity to kind of get that rolling because we've only had the one trailer and it's, I think, supposed to be releasing later this year, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it would make sense that that would, uh, that would show up within the next couple weeks. Um, yeah, I think, you know, you might get some teasers from some of the things that Netflix has been working on. I think that makes sense as well. Um, yeah, I think that those two are probably, like, the, the bigger kind of things that I, I think would probably show up. And, Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing if we're going to hear more about some of the new Disney Plus series that might be coming our way. You know, they've been, they've been kind of rumored about, like, a Daredevil Disney Plus series Obviously, I'd be really interested, like a Hawkeye season two, um, something along the lines of, um, you know, just just seeing how they, those, some of those shows are coming back. Obviously, uh, I think we would expect to see, um, uh, you know, Moon Knight season two. I, I'd be really curious if there's something out there also that we're not um, aware of. I mean, there's lots of rumors floating around about all these things that we think are going to be a, a sure thing, but I'm curious if there's going to be some real surprises out there to kind of kind of you know, knock us back a bit and that's what i'd really be interested to see yeah it's going to be like i said i i am estimating that we're going to see a flood of stuff late next week and then maybe early the week after because i think they'll try to have this all you know wrapped up at least uh but it, it is interesting to see how soon some people and of course we all know that from covering this for many many years um, not everything obviously is announced, not everything is revealed, and that's part of the joy of, you know, you get on the floor, see what's there, or you get the panel, and we all know that 
you've been in panel rooms and there's been an unannounced panel that pops out and completely blows everyone away. We did have um, th this pop up a couple weeks ago and I thought it, or a couple days ago, I thought it was really interesting. And it's that fandom, who is the world's largest fan platform is coming to Comic-Con and they are going to be doing uh, partnering with Paramount Plus as well as graphic novel novels and collectible C2 comics. And they talk about uh, they're going to be at the float at the Hard Rock Hotel uh, starting on July um, 21st. And some of the things that they're going to be promoting are Halo, Beavis and Butthead, and Star Trek. And so you can see that there's definitely a fit right there with those people. You can see that uh, obviously that's going to be popular. You got the streaming service, you got Star Trek, you got Beavis and Butthead, you got Halo. I'm curious to see if it is just going to be like interactive displays and that sort of thing, or if they're actually going to have um, panels and stuff. But they talk about uh, some of the things we know of is that they're going to have uh, interactive photo booths. Uh, they're going to have um, a Halo themed bar and um, you know, things of that nature. So I think that'll be interesting. And it does kind of fall into some of the things that we had heard is that one, uh, a certain company had said, you may not see as many large pop-ups and activations, but you will see more. So you might not see something that goes a block long, but in that space, you might see two, three or four different uh, activations. So that will be interesting to see. And like I said, I'm, I'm just really curious about um, you know, the, the drops. And I, I do wonder, um, you know, we always talk about how when you have a booth, you need to plan these things out significantly in advance. But I've often wondered that when you're just doing panels and stuff, how far in advance do you do it? And, you know, do you, do you have a situation where um, they, lock at, they lock down a panel, but then they sit there and say, okay, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about this, kind of like the studios, you know, we've seen that with uh, Warner Brothers and stuff where people would say, oh, they're only going to discuss this and this, and then they all of a sudden decide to do this. And that's the, you know, that's the whole nature of it. You don't know what's going to come. You don't know what's going to be announced, but you know there's going to be all kinds of surprise announcements and a really big deal. So we will have to see. Another thing I wanted to discuss is that Gaming Hub has arrived for Samsung Smart TVs. So uh, Justin, do you want to start us off and tell us what Gaming Hub is and why we should uh, be potentially excited about it? Uh, I'll be completely honest. I don't know a ton about Gaming Hub. Um, I imagine it is a um, uh, streaming, kind of like a Netflix for, for gaming um, kind of idea, um, which I think, you know, it is a... Uh, an, an interesting space that um, you know hasn't really been um, you know really uh, dealt with uh, or at least it hasn't been pioneered uh, you know stadia tried to, to do something kind of similar to, to that kind of service and um, with mixed results you know I was kind of curious to see how stadia would do and um, it doesn't seem like it's really taken off the way that uh, you know a Netflix has but um, but I'm curious to kind of see um you know how these kind of services do and michael your take please yeah so this was i think one of the big announcements that xbox made uh, a couple weeks ago as well with they were going to be partnering with samsung to bring xbox um game pass to the samsung tv so it no longer requires you to have 
an Xbox. Doesn't require you to have a PC. It allows you to stream games um, from Game Pass directly to um, your Samsung TV without having to purchase anything new for it. So if you're a Game Pass subscriber and you have a Samsung TV, um, essentially this is just like the um, Xbox Cloud app that allows you to stream your Xbox games to your smartphones, as they already have that, um, your iPad or whatever. Um, and, and it's very kind of, I, I like this because it just, again, adds another element to Game Pass that um, the other services lack, Sony and, and others, where, again, you can, if you're, an ex, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, um, you can now just stream the, the Game Pass games directly to your TV. Um, you can hook up a Bluetooth controller. Um, I think you could probably do it similarly with a USB, although I've never tried. Um, but you can use a, a Bluetooth controller, which is all the new, all the current um, gen Xbox controllers are Bluetooth compatible. Um, so you can actually just pair your controller to your TV, play all your Game Pass games um, from Xbox. You don't need a console, don't need a PC. Um, and it comes included with uh, with uh, uh, some Samsung TVs. Uh, I think it's 2022 20, Samsung Smart TVs. I don't know what the backwards compatibility is going to be with um, other TVs. Uh, I just got an 8K Samsung TV, so I'll be curious to see um, if it's supported on that. Uh, but again, I think, again, it's another thing that's, that adds additional um, benefit to Xbox Game Pass subscribers and uh, current or uh, future Samsung TV partners. Um, so uh, again, it doesn't require you to pay anything you're outside of what you're already paying with your Xbox Game Pass. Um, and I think that's, to me, that's where I think Stadia made the biggest mistake is they required you to purchase games that were only usable on the Stadia equipment. Therefore, if you already owned the game, you were buying another license and they weren't cheaper. You were paying for something that you literally couldn't play elsewhere. Whereas this allows you to, if you own the game um, on Xbox, um, if you own the, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you don't have to buy any of these games. And again, with Game Pass, what we've kind of talked about um, before, how how the, the value that it adds is you're getting day one releases. And, and yeah, it's streaming. You may not get the same. They've kind of talked a lot about it, and the streaming generally is pretty good um, with with the Xbox. I've streamed uh, my Xbox games directly to my PC before. Um, even things like the Steam Link were actually pretty good about streaming um, my PC games to my TV. Again, it does require, you know, again, your internet speed is going to vary um, as well as, you know, other other factors uh, that, that can play into that. But generally speaking, um, it's done a pretty good job. And again, you're not paying for any of this. Um, so you're already paying for, if you're already paying for your Game Pass, even if, you know, there might be some hiccups when this launches initially, uh, you might still not, you're not going to necessarily be a competitive, um, you know, Call of Duty player streaming to your PC versus those who are playing directly on a PC or on a console. But for those who are particularly casual gamers, those who just want a gaming experience um, and are Game Pass subscribers already, this is just another, offer, you know, excellent opportunity to really get take advantage of that. So pretty exciting news. We'll see how it evolves, you know, down the road. And again, what, what, uh, there is a list, I think of which Samsung TVs currently support it. Hopefully there'll be some backwards compatibility for folks who purchase their TVs, you know, a, a, a couple of years ago. I, I don't know specifically, um, if the newer, newer TVs are utilizing a different version of, uh, the Samsung 
software. Um, I, I kind of forget. I, use, I forget what their OS is called. Um, but if it's not, if it's compatible with, the next, with their you know, previous OS version or the TVs are compatible, hopefully we'll see this yeah, back leveled a little bit. But again, uh, it's currently available for uh, 2022 um, Samsung smart TVs. And again, is a way to utilize your existing Game Pass to stream your games without the need of an extra console attached to your TV. Yeah, it sounds very interesting, and I think uh, you know it'll be uh, it's going to be a real challenge to Stadia, which has uh, let's be honest struggled, and it will also I think put pressure on some of the other platforms to start allowing them on their TV, and it'll be interesting to see how the performances and how it plays out. But I think it, uh, based on the early uh, reaction we had from posting the story, people are at least very curious to see how that will uh, play going forward. Now, one thing they did also mention at the Microsoft um, the announcement is they're looking to do to you to do this with other vendors as well. So, even though this is right now a Samsung statement, there's a good opportunity, a good chance that we'll see Game Pass ported to LG. Um, we might even see Game Pass ported to Sony Televisions. So, it'll be really interesting. It's just again another way for um, that Game Pass to continue to evolve its its value um, that it gives to the current subscribers. Yeah, and it will be very interesting to see exactly what they end up doing with it because there is so much potential there. And then, of course, it's going to be what uh, you know what is done with it because people had mixed reaction to Stadia, and the whole idea was, well, the potential is there, but what about X, Y, and Z? And uh, these were always you know tough decisions. But uh, I mean, I, I can definitely see the appeal if the bugs are worked out of it. I mean, if it uh, truly works as advertised, I think this could definitely be a game changer for the industry, and I think uh, more and more people will be jumping forward, especially in light of the issues that uh, stores have had with being able to keep stock to meet demand, so that is going to be really something awesome. I wanted to mention before we get on to our final topic that uh, the Disney Wish had its christening ceremony this week, and it set sail on a um, cruise for uh, media invited guests so on and so forth based out of the uh, Florida area and so on and uh, great reviews it looks absolutely stunning it will begin its passenger service very soon but uh, people talked about the Avengers dining the um, frozen themed dining they talked about the um, oh what do you call it? the beautiful decor the beautiful rooms they talked about the um, numerous pools. It actually has more pools than the other uh, ships. And then on top of it, they talked about uh, one of the retro dining rooms that was themed more like the 1920s. Uh, but one of the things that I wanted to mention to you guys is that there is a Star Wars bar on it. And apparently it has a drink that Disney won't say what's in it, but it comes in one of those Canto containers. And apparently it arrives in a cloud of smoke and it's $5,000. So, uh, do, Michael, do you think uh, anybody's actually going to order this? And uh, can you imagine what <laughs> must be in it to make it? I mean, if you're uh, ultra rich, yeah, but uh, honestly, I, not something that I would spend money on. But I guess there's always people that have uh, money to, uh, to spend on these types of things. So it, I'm sure there will be... There will be a demand for it. I just know it won't be my demand. Uh, Justin, your take, please. I'm 100% the same as Michael. I, I won't be ordering a $5,000 drink. But, you know, 
I, I guess I'm glad it's there. Uh, uh, I guess it, you know, some <laughs> it's going to be good for some people. Yeah, and see, I, I guess I'm too old-fashioned on that because I look at it and I can say, I could see people who go out and do it just to, um, like, for example, I could see some people online, some influencers saying, oh, this is my big chance to, uh, you know, really boost up my base and I'm going to go out and I'm going to max out my credit card to order this drink and then I'll take a video of me getting the drink and ordering it and t telling everyone what it's all about. And that's all great. And then the reality comes back of, Oh my goodness! I just paid five thousand dollars for a drink. And see, you know, on one hand, I'm very—it's curious, but I—I'm kind of of the opinion that I look at it and go, for that kind of money, I could book two cruises for my wife and I, and still have money left over. I would rather book two cruises and have money left over. <laughs> That's just me. And so, but you know, like you said, Michael, it is—it's one of those things, and. This is not the first time we've seen something like that. We've heard about those gold flaked cheeseburgers and stuff like that at some of these places, but uh, you know, with truffles and all of that. But you know, my goodness, that that is definitely going to be interesting. But I think it'll be interesting because, you know, we, they brought it out to the media, and we heard a lot of people say, "Oh, that's nice, but that's not in my budget." And blah 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 blah. And I'm going to be really curious when the passenger service starts. Who is going to be the first one? Because you know, there's some hardcore people that are out there that have to uh, jump in and get on that no matter what. Now, speaking of hardcore people, I uh, was able to take care of something the other day that I was really excited about. And that is, uh, we are going to be covering the D23 Expo. And we will be doing a segment on that. And we found out that uh, the night of the D23 Expo on the Saturday, Disney's California Adventure, is doing the Oogie Boogie Bash. And for those who don't know, this is a special themed Halloween event. And on the 20th, they had one for D23 Gold members only, limited admission, so on and so forth. And to give you an idea how insanely popular it was, I was they said the tickets would go on sale no earlier than nine o'clock. I was on that page at, nine, at just before nine o'clock, refresh, refresh, they started the thing nothing 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 kept on kept on and then finally the thing popped up so i would say probably no more than 15 to 30 seconds passed from when the button went live until i entered the queue it took almost three hours <laughs> to get in but i was able to get tickets and so i'm taking my wife and our granddaughter and i'm really looking forward to that and the reason i mention that to people not only to say that we're going to be uh doing coverage uh, is that we also have um, uh, th this available to the public. Now, the dates are starting to uh, fill up and sell out because it is an extremely popular uh, thing, but they do have some dates. It's select nights in September to October, and we're going to be doing that. And then a couple weeks later, I think that same weekend, we have a team that will be covering Universal Studios. And then uh, a couple weeks later, uh, Jen and I are planning to cover uh, Not Scary Farm. And then we also have a team that will be covering uh, SeaWorld's Howl's Screen. But to give you an idea, we'll, we'll be doing dedicated segments on those closer. But to give you an idea about this one. Uh, so starting at 3 o'clock, you can come into the park. And um, they 
take everyone out except for those who have an event. So Michael, this is my big chance. I'm hoping to get over to Adventures Land and at the very least I get to see the campus. I'm hoping to get on Spider-Man without having to deal with that. Uh, all the, the crowds and stuff. There'll be the there'll be uh, treat trails. Uh, this is basically trick-or-treating. Characters decked out in Halloween costumes. Special decor, uh, limited capacity, as we said, so it won't be like the park will be at capacity. There'll be a parade. There'll be trick-or-treat, a villain's grove, and so much more. I've seen some video in the past where they go through Cars Land and they have them all done up. I've done a Halloween event over on Disneyland about almost, boy, that's scary, about nine years ago now. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Now, uh, the final thing that I wanted to uh, mention, and real quick, you can just go to Disney's page, just Google Oogie Boogie Bash Disneyland uh, like that, and you can get them. Tickets are sold out for several dates, but there are some still available, so you want to move on that. Uh, the final thing I wanted to mention is we talked about this in the past and how it was a bit of a shock because it was the highest ranked show to get the axe, uh, but it came down to the 11th hour, but a deal was reached uh, before the expiration, and Magnum P.I. has been saved. Uh, there will be two 10-episode seasons coming up with an uh, option for more, and uh, they will be moving to NBC. Uh, in the next year. And so, uh, Michael, start us off. What do you make of this? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't watch it, and I, and I haven't watched it. But I always like when um, these shows that have a, a huge following uh, are given opportunities to really um, expand upon that. Uh, sometimes it works out. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. But ultimately, particularly for shows that are very popular, um, sometimes we, moving them to another network or, or even streaming services, we've seen this happen with streaming services too, gives them a new lease on life and gives them an opportunity to grow that fan base even more. Um, so that, that is one thing also that I do like, particularly with the streaming services too, is um, it gives opportunities for shows that maybe were just in the process of getting, getting their feet and, and starting to get their, their fans, um, an opportunity to grow that and then potentially um, explode into something even bigger. So these are, uh, these are I don't know, things that we see where you know shows get those chances and I think it's always a good thing where if a show has enough interest and there are enough um, following and people that want to want to you know watch it that there are opportunities for it to continue to uh, exist even outside um, the current landscape I mean I kind of wonder if we had had all these opportunities you know 20 years ago I guess is when this was or, or maybe a little bit less for something like Firefly where it might have had an opportunity to see itself you know grow and, and expand on another you know streaming service or something like that had those existed back at the time so yeah i think these are good opportunities for for shows to really um build their fan base and, and not just kind of disappear into obscurity so that's good news and uh justin do you have a take on this yeah i'm with michael i, I mean i i never really watched it but uh, uh you know, I, I think he brings up pretty much all the same points I was going to bring up. I was actually literally about to mention Firefly. That um, it is definitely interesting to think about. Like, would would Firefly have um, survived um, in the current landscape? Because because you know back then there was really only the studios um, for live, uh, or, or there was only the networks. So you were either. Uh, on one of the, like the one of the networks, or you were on uh, something like HBO or Showtime, um, 
and now there's more opportunity like in, for streaming and uh, I think that actually might be something that um, streaming services should look at more is uh, look at some of the catalog of, of shows that maybe uh, had some potential um, you know I, I'm, I'm even thinking like uh, remember that uh, that Terra Nova show that uh, Fox dumped tons and tons of money into for one season um, and then it died uh, you know, I, I think that might be an opportunity for some streaming services to, to look at for, uh, for content, you know, maybe revive some of these shows that maybe have potential, but just didn't, what, what it wasn't in the right spot or wasn't at the right time or whatever. Um, I, I think that's, that's a good thing. You know, it's interesting because that is kind of the nature of Hollywood is that, you know, guessing what is going to work, what isn't going to work. And, uh, you know, there are shows that you look at and you can say, oh, there's no chance in this one succeeding, and it doesn't. And then there are shows that you say, huh, I, I think this is going to be a massive hit, and it doesn't. And then there are some things that you don't really think are going to make it, and, you know, they, you don't hear a lot about them. And next thing you know, you look up and they've done eight seasons. And so, you know, that that's the interesting thing. And there's also stuff that comes on, and it's the big pop culture hot topic in the old part, you know, the old lexicon of it's a, the popular topic around the water cooler. And then you find out that, oh, wow, you know, it kind of fizzled out and, you know, they, they were the big deal for a couple of years and then they lost the audience. So it will be interesting to see what's going forward. I know one of the things that I found very interesting about Magnum PI is that they've apparently, there's some discussion about reducing the budget. And I always thought that was rather interesting because obviously they filmed the show in Hawaii and um, one of the things that they appear to do is it appears that they use a lot of local talent as much as possible uh, in some of the supporting roles and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously there are people that you would have to bring over from the mainland for some of the more featured roles, but some of the, um, you know, I don't want to say it, not the extras, but for example, like a, a cop that comes in and hands off a piece of paper or a doctor or something like that who comes in to do something. They use a lot of local talent, which I believe, you know, helps keep the price down. So I'm curious what that's going to mean going forward, if they are going to um, limit some of the location shooting, if they're going to, um, you know, possibly see smaller uh, casts. Uh, going forward with some of the supporting characters, uh, but that'll be really interesting. I'll, I'll, final thing this week is uh, next week we have the season finale already of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer, it looks like an action fest. I'm almost wondering if it's hinting at the Romulans uh, because it certainly seems to imply that, and um, you know that'll be very interesting because they have essentially rewritten uh, Star Trek canon uh, in regard to the Gorn by making them a reoccurring villain. Uh, you know, we, we had the episode Star Trek Arena where Ed had been very clear they had no idea who they were, they didn't have any contact with them, so on and so forth, and they've kind of really bent that around the other way. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens, but you can check out that final on Thursday on Paramount Plus, and obviously make sure to keep up with the Orville because the new season has been absolutely fantastic on Hulu. And that is going to do it for us this week, everybody. You have a very safe and happy 4th of July, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, be safe.